The following episode contains technical glitches due to the fact that Kitchen Island T is practicing physical distancing and had to record virtually. Welcome back to Kitchen Island Tea and part two of Bridging Hope, Racism Yesterday, Today, and Hope for Tomorrow. Lend your ear as we dig deeper into the truths of our lives and seek hope for a better tomorrow. Some very important issues and to just um, learn and grow from this time. So thank you. Yes. Mm. Well, we thank you for inviting yeah. us and taking us up on our desire to talk to you. Oh, yes. So, and you are always welcome at the island. Well, thank you. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> well, this is Cheryl Smith. And uh, yes. yes, I'm, I'm very uh, happy to be here sharing and, and listening and learning with you ladies today. Um, this question is for Vanita. Okay. The African American community, based on the events mentioned, it's going on podcast. The one um, with President Lincoln, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., the presidents and Obama. What ways he's supportive, and how can we be even more supportive? Okay. Um, once again, I appreciate you listening to our podcast. Um, sometimes I have to rack my brain <laughs> to remember what I even say in them. <laughs> I'm like, I said, what? But I, I think you're referring to when I'm, I gave a um, condensed timeline of when African-Americans, Black people had hope. Um, and I think you're referring back to when Lincoln pushed through the um, the Emancipation Proclamation, yes, um, yes, and so you know to free the slaves and everything, and we just celebrated Juneteenth, mm-hmm. yeah, um, which falls into that category of talking about that, and then there was the March on Washington um, when Martin Luther King uh, marched uh, in Washington D.C. for jobs and freedom for African Americans. That was in 1963. And then, um, let's see, oh yeah, Johnson, um, Lyndon B. Johnson, he pushed through the Civil Rights Act that was initially started up by um, JFK. Um, but of course he was assassinated and then Johnson made sure that that went through in um, 1964. And then an- another time when um, African-Americans had hope um, or were given hope was when President Barack Obama was elected um, in uh, 2008 and then was reelected um, for another term. And so those are times um, in our past where African-Americans were given hope in the, in the sense of Barack Obama. You know, kids, sometimes you ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they have these images, not necessarily of African-Americans. So it's like, when he became president, it's like, you know, that gave little black boys and little black girls mm-hmm. hope that, you know what, I can do that too when I, when I grow up, you know? And so um, those are times when, you know, the times that I've named that we have been given hope, but then the hope diminishes. Helpers. Because <laughs> I'm starting to ramble on. <laughs> well, can this is Karen. Can I just ask the question? The hope of what, Vanita? The hope for a better, a better world. The hope for having a fair chance, um, being treated equal. Um, just hope that you know we can all get along and that um, we're all the same and God loves us all. And so that hope is in God and that God will help change people's hearts so that they'll realize that we're all the same. We all have blood. We all have bones. We all hurt. We all laugh. We all want to do better for our families and and make a decent living. Yes. And I I think you all can see that 
we have laws in place, yes. but like Benita said, that how do you get people to implement the law as it should be implemented? Um, you end up having a law, but if you don't change the hearts, True. the minds, and the structure of society, then you're right back where you started from. So each time we got the legislation mm -hmm. in those instances, right. the Civil Rights Act and things like that, we had hope that, okay, this is going to make everybody yes. do the right thing. But what really makes you do the right thing? So the, the, the legislation, there's always loopholes in the legislation. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Exactly. Yes. How do you get the heart of man to, to, to do right? Because mm. you can't legislate love. Exactly. And so mm. you, how do you get people to, to do the, the right thing by another person? Um, and just, just make it equitable and fair. And in some cases, not only do they not make it equitable and fair, they make it so you will fail. True. They want mm -hmm. to make you do fail. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and they put roadblocks specifically in your in in front of you in order for you to fail. I've seen it in in, in my own career, uh, but God has always warned me mm -hmm. when those roadblocks are coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be prepared. Yes. Be yes. prepared. I need you not to take this path because somebody has set a roadblock for you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, Lord. So He's always the equalizer. Uh, but. You can't legislate love. You can't make people do even follow the law, you know, exactly. and do the you right can. thing. Because corporate America, for years, they had put in affirmative action and quotas mm -hmm. and trying to hire more minorities, and they they found a way around it, uh, and right. they continue to find a way around mm -hmm. it. Now, mm -hmm. I have to say, and I'm still in corporate America. I, this is the first time I got an email from our executive leadership and we are worldwide this particular corporation that i'm a part of on juneteenth and celebrating juneteenth and so and that just happened this friday and that was the first time ever they had sent anything out about juneteenth um, your um, company yes and it went worldwide wow and, and they even had a uh, african-american minister on a videotape and so we got to hear what his thoughts were mm -hmm. and so it was just like whoa you know maybe there's some real change happening here uh so i was grateful to see that this this is just like an uh, the awakening of the consciousness of, of people right now yeah right. and 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 the you know listening to you ask the question cheryl and and saying how can you know white people be more supportive i think we were talking about this earlier among us here at the kitchen island um it starts with the individual for one thing you know mm -hmm. it, it, you can't clump and say okay what can all white people do because all white people don't think the same right it takes the individual what can you do to be supportive, to be helpful? And just like um, BJ was talking about, um, I usually call her Beverly. I don't call her it's BJ. Okay. <laughs> so that sounded kind of weird. <laughs> but um, I almost lost my train of thought. But when you put somebody in a position, you don't put them in there to fail. You, you, you be a help. You know, you don't just drop somebody off. So that's how a person, an individual can be of help or supportive in that way. So another thing I, we were talking about earlier, and I know a lot of people that have said, you know, hey, we've done Medicaid to try and help minorities. We've done mm -hmm. housing to try to help minorities. We've done affirmative action to try to help minorities. Uh, we've done food stamps, food programs <laughs> to try to help minorities. You know, what else can we do? Right. And, and what I would say is when you're in your like Benita said, it, it comes down to the individual. It comes yes. down to the heart of man because God's looking on the heart. When you're in your individual conversation and you hear people say stuff that you know it's not right. that it's not right. Uh -huh. And in order to start squashing that, apply truth. And God's word is truth. Apply Amen. truth to that conversation I like immediately. That. I like that, yes. And so therefore the truth will get disseminated and spread versus that negativity getting spread um, in your own cluster of people or friends or whomever you're around, uh, just start disseminating truth. 
and speaking truth. Mm -hmm. And when you speak truth to evil or speak truth to negativity, it has to flee. Mm -hmm. Amen. So it's like stand up for what's right. Yes. 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 Girls, right. I have I have an example I have to share with you. Um, okay. When I was in college, my freshman year in college, we uh, lived in suites and there were four girls to a suite. And there were, it, my, one of my suite mates was African-American. And I can remember my, um, for whatever reason, my mom and my grandmothers, both sides came down to pick me up. And so I introduced my suite mates, you know, my roommate, my suite mates to my, my, um, my mom and my grandparents. And um, as we were driving back home, um, one of my grandmothers said, Susie, when are you going to move? And I said, move? What do you mean? And she says, well, you can't share a bathroom with a black girl. Mm. And I kid you not, I never, what I, what I said was, I turned her and I did not skip a beat. Mm. I turned around and I called her by name and I said, she's no different from me under her skin. Mm. I kid you not. The conversation wow. was silent. Now, this is my grandmother that I spent the most time with. I respected her. I loved her dearly. But wow. when she said that, I could not believe it. And I just said, called her name and I said, we are the same under the skin. Mm, and wow. I, I, it was, and nobody said another word for a little bit. And I thought my mother was going to kill me for, you know, <laughs> but, but no, it was just the Lord, just the Lord will not let my spirit tolerate that. And, you know, and even to my, to my dear grandmother, whom I love, I mean, she's been gone for a lot of years, but she and I were very close. But at that mm -hmm. moment, she was wrong. Mm -hmm. She was wrong. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And she saw you and experienced you standing for right. Mm -hmm. So that was good. Yeah. And it takes that first step or that initial step. And, you know, listening to you say that, Susie, I'm reminded of, and I don't know how many have read Michelle Obama's book, um, but when she went to Princeton, the, the girl that she was supposed to be roommates with, they were only roommates for a very tiny while. Once the girl who was white, her mom found out, she immediately got her daughter out of that room and didn't want her daughter to share a room with Michelle Obama because she was black. It, wow. They actually, wow. Her, the dean and said, I want her out of there. It's okay. just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, that's just crazy. But that's what's happening. So if, if Christians, you know, would stand up and speak truth to, um, you know, evil or things that are wrong, that we know that are wrong, then we could have the, the conversation can change. Oh, yes. It might get silent for a while, but the conversation can change. Yes. And I applaud you for doing that. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. That's what it takes. Um, even in, your, in, in people's own families. I mean, yeah. in our own family, if we see wrong, we have to call it out. To me, to be silent is to agree with. Mm, yes. Right. That, that's always been but, my mind. If you don't say anything, you actually are telling me something. I, I, that speaks volumes to me. Hmm. So in saying that, I want to say faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. Mm. We have a break. All right. So how's it going? Everybody okay? Yeah. 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 Great. That was excellent, Susan. Very good. Very good. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing. I'm just one of those people, like, you know, when when the spirit hits me, I mean, I can be in tears immediately because the my spirit is so grieved. I can remember when I was in college and my sister and I went back to our little hometown church and they had like a special meeting, business meeting after worship. Mm. And um, the people that I grew up with knew and loved all my life. They were arguing 
over a, a stupid point in the church. And I, I kid you not, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm weeping. And I'm not saying anything. I'm just weeping because at that point, that was their fight. Not, I mean, as a college student, I'm like, well, I get to go back to school after this. But um, I was sitting there weeping and my sister looked over to me and she said, Susie, why are you crying? And I just looked at her and I said, this has to hurt God's heart. This has to hurt his heart. And I had those moments. And Vanita, you know, when we were in Flagstaff, I can remember that breakfast when we all were lined up at that table and you, you, you were just uneasy that morning and we had already ordered and we were sitting side by side and I could, I could sense you were not, there was something wrong. And I said, and I asked you, I said, what's going on? Nothing. I said, no, Benita, something's going on. And she said, just watch, just watch. She goes, we're going to be served last, meaning her, her daughter was, no, Ashley wasn't with us. It was, um, I think it was, Patrick. it was Patrick, you and Patrick were going to be served last. And, I, and so I watched and um, not only did you guys get served last, your toast mm. was burnt mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. asked the waitress if she would, you know, take your toast back and bring you unburnt toast. And she took the toast, but she never brought it back. And you said that she wouldn't bring it back. Right. And I'm like, Oh God. So, you know, my friendship with you has, you know, when I'm with you, I'm very much more on high alert for, you know, what's going on. And I'll tell you one thing, if we ever go to Denny's or village Inn again, I'm going to tell the waitress right up front, you better deliver those, deliver those meals together. Cause I ain't eating cold food anymore. And she's not going to be served last anymore. So by you saying that, that almost brought tears to my eyes because what you're saying when you you're on high alert, that's how we live our lives every day. It is. Um, it is. I just, that's how we our children up every Oh. oh, so we are constantly in this mm-hmm. mode of high alert. Yeah, and you know, you know, when you're with Vanita, and you feel like, oh, I gotta be on high alert to make sure that she's taken care of. Well, that's how we are every day with our children and raising our children mm-hmm. and our grandchildren. Oh, yeah, I just can't even imagine you ladies and your sons, Vanita. When you said that, well, I know this about you. You would not let Patrick walk the street. And I just, I'm like, Father God. Well, uh, yeah, that that high alert that you were on, you're on when you're with Vid Benita, that's us all the time. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm reflecting back and thinking about um, speaking of my son Patrick when we lived in Korea. He was in high school in the 11th grade and he started dating a girl and she just happens to be white. And they had a great relationship over there for two years. Um, Both families got transferred back to the States. Um, They went to Mississippi and um, we came to Texas. And there was a time when um, she wanted to come visit and I said, sure, she came to visit. She came to visit. And then she was he was invited to go and visit her i told him he could not go and here's the reason why the year before a young man had been lynched in a tree because he was dating a girl that was white and he was black oh Oh my goodness and so oh this wasn't too long ago this was just year 2000 Yes. And so Patrick was saying, why can't I go? And I showed him the newspaper clippings mm. and I had him to call her on the phone and get her mom on the phone. And I explained to her why he would never be able to come there and visit. Oh, gosh! And so they still dated. She still was able to come here, but I did not allow, I did not feel comfortable yeah. having my black son who's dating a white girl Right. Go to Mississippi. No. It was not. Yeah. And so it was like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they eventually broke up, not because of that. I hope not. Um, but it's things like that where you have to intervene mm-hmm. because and, and your children don't understand why. Even though he was in high school, mm-hmm. it was just like, Mom, you, 
it's not going to happen to me. It's, mm. it, you know, they don't understand mm. until something does happen. Right. You know? And so we're on constant alert, like Cheryl is saying, and like Susie, you were saying, it's daily. It's, you know, it's always, it never ends. Wow. Mm. <sighs> yeah. So I'm sorry. No, that. no, we no. have to hear this. This is how you live. And you're, you know, I know that when I'm with you, but I, you know, when we're not together, it's just, it's not that I don't think about you, but I don't think about you being out there always on hot alert. Yes. Yeah. And I was telling, I don't know if I was telling Cheryl or Beverly this, or I think I was telling my friend, um, my friend Maury about this, that still as a grown woman who's 63 years old, when I go into a store, I make sure my purse is already zipped up and that I'm never in that store reaching in my purse to get anything, mm-hmm. nothing, because we get followed around in stores and I don't want to be accused of stealing. Oh, right. I don't even give anybody that inkling that that might be possible. Okay, let me ask you this question, BJ and Vanita, and I know you're going to know the answer to this. When you purchase something, what are you always told to get before you leave the store? A receipt. Or what? A bag. Oh, a bag. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. It's like we just grew up knowing you got to have your receipt yeah. or have a bag. Like yeah. sometimes if you buy one thing and the person at the checkout stand is like, do you want a bag? And I'm like, are you crazy? Yeah, I got to have a bag. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah! Well, I can't walk. I can't yeah. walk out of here. You know, because I didn't even understand why they were asking me, "Do you want a bag?" Exactly. I gotta have a bag, yeah. right? <laughs> Well, here, here's a perspective on that from a white woman's uh, experience. Yes. I tell them, no, save your bag. I don't need a bag. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, would ne- it would never dawn on me. Yes. And, and I, I've, I, that breaks my heart. Yes. We train our children never leave out a store without a receipt or a bag. Exactly. And never be reaching in your bag while you're in the store. Don't open anything while you're in the store, even though you know you're going to pay for it, you know? Because my kids have been in the store with me and they're like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And they want to open up what they have now. I'm like, no, we have not paid for it. You are not opening it yet. Mm. You know, you just have to be, you have to be careful like that. Yeah. Sure. In, in a convenience store, and uh, you know how your mom used to send you to a store back in the day, right? And uh, so the they called the police on me because they thought I had stolen something. So my mom came up to the store, and they were like, she was like frantic. She was like, she has not stolen anything, and so they searched me and checked my pockets and everything, and they realized, oh, she didn't take anything. Oh. That was kind of terrifying. That was traumatic. <laughs> yeah. you still remember? That. Oh, absolutely. They called police and everything on me because they thought I had stolen something. Being a black person by myself, shopping for my mom, they thought I had taken something and put it in my pocket. And my mom had to come up there and they literally, while the police was there, they checked my pockets and realized, oh, she hadn't stolen anything. And they uh, let me- oh, gee. Well, I have to tell you that I. And we are back with the ladies from Tucson, Arizona. And I think, Beverly, you are up. Oh, okay. Um, I'd like to ask, I'll direct the question toward Karen first. Um, I'm a, I think everybody knows here that I'm a sports fanatic. I just love sports, any yes. kind of sports. And she's going through withdrawal because there's no sports on. And after three days of it being canceled because of the virus, she calls me. She's like, "I got a Jones. I got. I, I need. Help. I need to go to, to um. What's that? Where you go and say hi? I'm Beverly. I miss baseball. Yes, need therapy. <laughs> therapy. Yeah, that's what it is. But along those lines, I don't know if you all heard about this interview that LeBron James and this correspondent or reporter Laura Ingraham had. Oh yeah, yeah. And she said to him, "Shut up and dribble." Mm. And he didn't feel that he should get, and they were talking about politics and he was giving his views on a certain political situation. Right. And she just let him know that she wasn't interested in his comments about politics and that 
you know, why should she have to listen to a guy who makes a hundred million dollars a year? So I guess I would just say, what are your thoughts on that statement? Shut up and dribble. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, yeah, that's (laughs) my first thought when I read this question was one of outrage. I mean, our con- our country's const- constitution has a bill of rights. Right. And our right to express our opinion is contained in Amendment 1. It's not contained in 2, 5, or 10. It's Amendment 1. Yes. And to tell someone to shut up and dribble says your voice has absolutely no value. Right. And it's so dismissive ignorant and i and now that you've explained the context i I, I had i had thought this had to be expressed to an african-american who excels in the sport of basketball because i did not see that interview and i had not heard about it and so i had to conclude even i didn't know the background but at i still concluded that that was a racist bias in that comment that has no place. Mm. I mean, this response to someone's opinion, it does not bear good fruit or change hearts, but simply widens the divide between people. Right. And I can't tolerate that. You know, we were, we're taught to listen, be slow to speak, Right. Our tongue, our tongue spits out evil, and this is evil. Right. So that that was my. And so disrespectful too. It, just so disrespectful. Mm. Yeah, and and the thing is, LeBron is well respected, um, definitely in the sports world. But you know, he's he's an entrepreneur, and he's a very loving and giving person. Um, but I just, I don't understand people that can just say that, anything like that to another grown up. Well, exactly. Yeah. That's what I said. Who would, who in their right mind would say that to anybody? Right. And she's a professional and a professional would feel it had the privilege to go ahead and express themselves like that. So she felt that she could go ahead and say, listen, I don't want to hear what you have to say. True. Stick to what you what you do is which I'm going back to what Cheryl said in another podcast. We're good for entertainment, mm. but you don't want to hear the opinion. And so right. we just want to be heard. Right. And respect it. Let's exactly. add that. Yes. R S R E S P E C T. Okay, go ahead and read the <laughs> I always tell people that advice is like a, a buffet. Okay. <laughs> what you want off of it and leave the rest, you know. But everybody has an opinion, you know, and everybody should be able to voice their opinion, like you stated, Karen. That you know that's a First Amendment right. Uh, but you don't have to eat the fruits of that person's uh, advice. Exactly. You can leave it on the buffet. <laughs> right. And, and I think that's one of the biggest problems we have in this country anymore is the shutting down of voices. Yes. Because yes. we because they don't agree with us or or we don't like what they're saying or mm-hmm. maybe they're speaking truth and it cuts to our heart and we yes. don't want to hear it and acknowledge that. So, yes. y- you know, that we have we have to get back some some way somehow and I think it, you're right it starts with each of us individually just being willing to stop and listen you don't have to respond to everything that somebody says to you yeah. mm-hmm. and, and with you saying that and I always say this I know Cheryl and Beverly have heard this all the time um, from me it, it everything is an individual thing And if people would stop acting first and listen Mm. before they react, the world would be a better place. But so many times people are just acting. They're not listening. Mm -hmm. They're they're not listening with their their brain. They're not listening with their heart 
or the love of God, they're just acting, acting out. Yeah. And that's why there we are right now. Mm. Yeah, people people don't understand the um the good form of listening where you're not trying to think about your response, but you're paying attention and giving respect to the person who is speaking. Mm-hmm. And when they are done with their thought, whatever it is, that old count to 10, right. <laughs> take a breath. Right. And then if you still cannot control the tongue, you pass. You mm. don't lash out. You don't lash out in, in what, you know, if you haven't gotten yourself under control in that time, if, it's a, if you find it offensive, you just don't respond and give it time. And then when you can control that emotion, you come back and seek that person out and have the conversation. When you said this, it upset me or it disrespected me or whatever it is, but then you can do it in a controlled manner that they cannot dismiss because you haven't fed into their anger. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had, I was trying to look somewhere. I had written, I wrote down, be a good listener. And I was trying to look for that. That's why I kind of blanked out. I had written, I've actually written that down. I need to be a good listener. So those are, those are good words there. Um, I think maybe Susie, you have something you need to yeah, and it actually came up just just briefly um, when we were talking about that last question. But it, it's regarding the word, you know, word, I would, bleh, as we can consider the word truth, you know, when, mm-hmm. you know, we, there's so many voices out there today. What in the world is truth? But along with that, how do we change our perspective on what we as individuals define as truth? And, and can there be hope for the future without truth? And I think um, this question for me has to do with, you know, um, based on biblical understanding, God is really the only one who knows truth. And I think one of the ladies said that before, God looks down on my heart. So, you know, only he knows what's on my heart. I can't tell you what's on your heart, but God can tell you what's on your heart. So in all of the the media and all of the social media stuff where, I mean, there's just voice after voice after voice. How do we know what's truth? Well, Susie, I'll take a stab at that verse. Um, How do we change or what is truth? Truth is what is real, what is actual. And I even equate it to truth is how we live our lives and how we present ourselves or our lives. Hmm. Um, how do we change the perspective? Again, I think it's that one line. How, how we live our lives will change the perspective because we'll be honest. We'll own up to what we say and do. Hmm. And we will accept things that others present to us. And then we will tell the truth about it be honest about it and be fair about it. Uh, I think there can be hope for the future if we do those things. We have to acknowledge the truth. A lot of times we want to change it, sugarcoat things, right? You know, just deviate from what it actually is. And right. we have to be, as we say, the Kitchen Island Tea group is, we got to do real talk. True. We got to keep it real mm-hmm. and not try to sugarcoat it, not try to change it, not try to uh, twist it a little so that it won't look bad. Or we tweak it. Mm. Yeah, no tweaks. The truth is the truth. You shall, and I, I remember John 8 and 32, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall set, set you, you free. free. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of us mm-hmm. believers, we know that and we know that God is actually truth. Right. Mm-hmm. And the moral truth that we look at is 
do the right thing. I always go back to Spike Lee and bring him into it. Do the right thing. Mm -hmm. You know right from wrong because God has already given you the Ten Commandments. Right, yeah. Tell you how to handle the truth and how to present the truth and how to be the truth. Right. Um, and we should rejoice in the truth. Mm. Exactly. The truth will set us free. Oh, amen. Thank you, BJ. It. Thank you. Wow. Woo, that was powerful. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Um, where are these? I'm just so full. I'll ask a question. Um, here at the Kitchen Island, we always use scriptures throughout all our podcasts. Um, James 1, 19 through 20, Ephesians 4, 31, and Matthew 5, 9. Um, angry voices continually tempt to take over our thinking and cause us to react in ungodly ways. Um, so how can we keep the teaching of the scriptures in focus and a priority? Um, I, I think I'll direct that to Karen, if that's okay, Karen. Well, no, actually, we were going to direct it to Cheryl because she just has such an, a, a powerful statement on this question. For okay. well, I I hope you'll think so. I okay. think I think so. Okay, okay. Well, first of all, God gave us a blueprint on how to live in His Bible. Yes. We need to consult it to read it on a daily basis. It is mm -hmm. our guide for life. We can meditate. Um, how do I apply this to my life? How does it apply to me? Um, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. Proverbs. Yes. I love that proverb. My, one of my favorite books. And as for those angry voices that we have been hearing um, nonstop uh, in Proverbs 15, uh, 1, it says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. As soon as you get angry, you become emotional. And yes. you will make poor decisions without considering the consequences. Mm -hmm. yes. It is reacting versus responding. Talk talk mm. about Karen, what you were saying, you know, take 10 and and think about um what you want to say in a kind way you know not in an emotional way because those emotions take over our thinking so if we are in god's word every day studying his blueprint for us his teachings are going to be fresh in our minds and it it should be a priority for us it it is a priority and a goal for me anyway to be in the word every day. Awesome. Awesome. That's exactly what we needed to hear because we definitely want to make sure that we're in God's word because that's what's going to set us free because we know God's word is true. Amen. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, ladies, I was, I've been studying the book of James this summer. I started out studying with a group, but then he, the Lord uh, took me off of that and put me onto this little project. Um, but, but I'm still following along in James and out of the good news Bible, today's English version, I read, um, I was reading the other day from James chapter two, verse nine, and it, it's a different from my NIV Bible. Um, but this, I just loved how it's worded here in verse nine. But if you treat people According to their outward appearance, you are guilty. Mm. You are guilty of sin 
and the law condemns you as a lawbreaker. I think anybody who says they are a Christian, they better know that verse. Wow. Say it again, Susie. Which part? The verse or what I just said? (laughs) The verse. (laughs) It's Luke chapter two, verse nine. But if you treat people according to their outward appearance, you are guilty of sin and the law condemns you as a law breaker. Yes. And That's I, profound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was just, it was one of those things where, you know, I needed, I was supposed to be working on this all week and God, he held it until I needed to see it in order to share it today. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I, I thank you Perfect. from the bottom of my heart for sharing yes. that, that, right there is perfect and i'm going to be sharing that and uh that coincides with what rick warren had put out this week also he said to to just be just straight to the point racism is sin right and that's what he straight to the point racism is sin Mm -hmm. it is yes yes but but doesn't that tell us a lot about where the world is in their relationship with god Yes. yes yes I believe that's why we're in a timeout. It's <laughs> <laughs> our timeout. Yes. So listeners, remember James 2 and 9. That's important. Luke. 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 Luke 2 and 9. Well, no, it's James. James. I'm sorry. It's James. Oh, if, it's, I, if I said I Luke, said. I'm sorry. I'm studying James, so hopefully it was James. No, that came out of James, James two, nine. 2 9. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry, <laughs> ladies. No worries. That's we just okay. Want everybody to get it. I'm writing with a pencil so I can. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. All righty. Uh, Cheryl S. Okay. I haven't heard your voice in a second. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, let me ask uh, this of Cheryl T. Okay. Okay. <laughs> as Christian women, we should strive to live as bridges of hope. And in saying that, where might we find voices of hope today? In other words, how do we change the narrative? How do we get to be the voices of hope? That's, That's a, a great question. That is yes. a great question. Yes. That's awesome. It, it, it all comes back. I like my little one words. It all comes back to the word love. Okay. And in um, John 3 and I'm sorry, John 13 and 34, um, God says to love one another. He said, this is a new commandment that I leave you. Love one another as I have loved you. And he says, if you do this, then you're showing that you are my true disciples. Mm. And he didn't say love the people that's in mm. your space. <laughs> love only love race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, love one another as I have loved you. So I believe our voices of hope will be our actions of love. Oh. If we show of love, that speaks volumes. Yes. That speaks volumes. And also he says to love your enemies. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes is very difficult. But I believe that love covers a multitude of sin, as mm. the word says. And then the other one is love your neighbor as yours you love yourself. Yes. Yeah. So you treat yourself uh, to degrade yourself. Would you tell yourself to shut up and dribble? Oh, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Would you uh, try to manipulate yourself out of a job uh, because you don't like the way you look? So it. It all comes back to loving one another. And in this, we will show that we are true disciples of Christ. Mm -hmm. We have to be the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers because they are children of God. And that's the question that I have to everybody listening to this podcast. What side are you on? It's only two sides. It's good versus evil. Is uh is is love versus hate? Exactly. What side are you on? You can't straddle the fence anymore because that fence is is becoming a chasm. You got to be on one side 
or the other. You can't keep hopping back and forth. What side are you on? Mm. Good. Wow. Out of black and white side is good or evil, is right or wrong, mm-hmm. is love versus hate, Yes. is God versus the enemy. What side are you on? Right. Mm-hmm. That's I'm, I'm, I'm going sat with God. I'm in Karen for a president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, they there would be a big fight because of my age. Last <laughs> <laughs> thing I want to say is that um we have to start with ourselves. Pastor just preached a message on man with the, in the mirror. We individually have to start with ourselves yep. in our sphere mm-hmm. of people. When That's... we see someone saying something wrong, yep. then, then stand up with love. Mm-hmm. Because just as hate is contagious, I believe love is even more so mm-hmm. contagious. Yes. Just as people can spread wickedness, I believe we can spread righteousness. So it's up to us individually to start spreading that. Uh-huh. As the as the hymn lyrics of "Let There Be Peace on Earth" go, mm-hmm. let it begin with me. Yes. yes, amen. Let it let it be my first step in this in this whole arena. Okay, and that's that's what I want to look in the mirror and say every day. Reveal where I can be the one who takes. The first step to let it be me to bring hope, love, and true freedom to every person in this world. And if I can reflect that, I'm reflecting Jesus. Exactly. Yes. That's right. Yes. God is love. God is love. Yes. And, and I believe that the body of Christ stand up and start spreading love versus fear. Uh, frustration, uh, anger, we will see a change and we'll see a shift in the right direction. And with you saying that word, Cheryl, um, I'm thinking of something that I wrote down here and I put down the time is always right to do what is right. What is happening now cannot be a moment for change. It is going to have to be a movement. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. This is not a fleeting moment right no. now. It's time for God's people to move and move in the right direction. Amen. Yes. Definitely. Because the other thing that um, came to my mind is that the enemy has allowed us to uh, amputate the body of Christ. Yeah. Let me explain that because they say white evangelicals. And I was like, how, why would they say white ev- evangelicals? We're all part of the body of Christ. We shouldn't have a white evangelical or black evangelical. <laughs> <laughs> black in a white heaven? He's not. No. Allow no. so, what <laughs> what's happening into, in the world to amputate the body mm-hmm. of Christ. And we have got to bring the body back together. Exactly. That's good. I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, ladies, this has been real. And when I say real, I mean real good. Uh, real real good. I, we've, I've had an inspiring time, and I'm hopeful for what has transpired today. Mm. And um, I'm hoping in the future we can continue this dialogue maybe in person. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All around the kitchen island. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Guys are welcome to come anytime um, and hang out with us. And just so you know, we are all about truth and realness. Mm. Oh, awesome. We, well, we appreciate that tremendously for for you giving us your your truth and just the love that you've shown to us through this entire conversation. Yes. Like she said, love. God is love. Yes. Yes. So with that being said, ladies, we're not going to hold you any longer. Um, Spread the word. Um, We are definitely going to be in touch. Susie and I are always in touch. Yeah. (laughs) 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 But um, when
when it, when time comes, we are going to um, spread this word that we've had today um, in the near future. And we want everybody to be able to tune in to Kitchen Island Tea at Gmail for their comments, their feedback, um, suggestions, um, and all of that. We are on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're everywhere. We're just trying to spread the good word. That's what we're trying to do. And so with that being said. Thank you, ladies from Arizona. Thank you, Susie. Thank you, Karen. And thank you, my namesake, Cheryl Smith. <laughs> Well, thank well, you, ladies, for having us. We are so blessed yes. to get to know you. And I've certainly been blessed by Benita all these years and her family. So thank you so much. So now you all have new friends. So don't forget. <laughs> we do. Thank you, ladies. Thank it's you. A, it's been a wonderful afternoon. Yes. And so with that being said, we are going to say tea out. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I won't speak on politics because that is not my expertise. I didn't major in political science and I know how to stay in my lane of speaking on what I do know. And what I do know is we need a leader that leads with heart and not with ego. We need a leader that cares about all people. We need a leader that is humble, loving, fair, and sincere. A change needs to happen in America and one of the ways that can happen is to vote. Vote at every level. Listen, if you're living in a bubble, pop it and get out. God has created a whole big wide world for us to share with each other. Part of my job on earth is to help make it a better place to live while I am here. It is so much easier to love than to hate. I have decided to stick with love Hate is too great a burden to bear. I relish in the fact that I am different. Celebrate differences. Hey, before you press that stop button, don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. KitchenIslandTea at gmail.com See you next time.